bet you I'm gonna be a big star. Might win an Oscar, you can never tell. The movie's gonna make me a big star. Hello and welcome to Meet Me at the Movies on C19 TV. Noel T. Manning II here hanging out with uh, Thomas Manning. You see Thomas Manning, uh, glad, glad to have him here. And also uh, Maxwell Edison majoring right. in medicine. Dude, really good to have you here. If, if there's anything we need at this time is the, the people who know what they're doing from, from a medicine standpoint. So, uh, so good to see you, Mr. Uh, Greg Tillman, known as Greg Tillman, Maxwell Edison. Good to see you. I don't even know who that is. I'm going to have to look him up. Dude. Oh, who is that character? Maxwell Edison. Maxwell Silver Hammer, the Beatles. Oh, oh my. That name? Yes. I know the song. I, I didn't, know, didn't know his uh, last name. <laughs> Man, I am disappointed. Uh, Thomas, I know you're disappointed because you knew exactly who that was, didn't you? I did not. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I was <laughs> nodding along neck and like I got the joke, but I didn't get the joke. I'm sorry. So, dude, dude yeah. like I told you, the Critics' <laughs> Choice Awards, you, you play along with it. You act like you know. If, if, okay. people, if people think you're Freddie Highmore, agree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have we ever told that story before? Maybe once or twice? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. Well, it is good to see you guys. Uh, we are back doing the physical distancing thing, keeping our physical distance from each other, but still enjoying uh, some films. And I tell you, if, uh, you know, Thomas uh, and Greg, if you guys are interested in doing some watch parties, there are really tons of options out there that you can do these uh, community watch parties. Netflix has them. Um, Hulu is, is doing something very similar. Uh, there's even films that are doing premieres and doing that. Thomas, there's one we're going to review today, and they did a world premiere as well. The film we're going to review is Sea Fever in just a little bit. But they did this kind of world premiere, but did it socially. Talk a little bit about what you remember about that. That's right, yeah. So this was the first ever live-streamed world premiere of a feature film, and uh, or a major feature film. And uh, it's really fascinating that we get more opportunities for stuff like this, especially for indie films that probably would have flown under the radar anyway, but especially in unprecedented times like this in the entertainment industry where so much is shutting down. But we have a really awesome way for uh, all the hard work of the uh, all the filmmakers. It's gonna get to be appreciated by a lot of people with this like live stream world premiere that they had. And uh, I think that's just a really true testament to the power of technology and that when it's used for good, it can be a pretty awesome thing. Yeah, and I think it's pretty amazing. I mean, HBO, they're giving some uh, free limited time access during this. And there are a lot of other uh, options out there. Uh, Acorn TV, which has a lot of British dramas. I've, I've watched that. They're giving a 30-day free trial right now. CBS All Access doing a 30-day free trial. And we're going to talk about Picard a little bit later as well. Showtime. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, I thought you were finished. Uh, Spectrum that we're on, uh, they're giving, uh, I think, two or three weeks of free HBO. No, not HBO, Showtime and uh, Epics, I believe. Yeah, and the Sundance Channel uh, doing the same thing. Shudder, if you like, um, if you like horror films, uh, and then if you love the Criterion uh, films and the things that are out there, uh, I really encourage you to check out the Criterion Channel. They're also giving a promo promo with uh, two free weeks. Quite a few things, and there's a new platform that's being launched called Quibi. That um, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who we know was with Disney for ten years, also launched DreamWorks. Uh, he and Meg Whitman have launched Quibi, and, and Quibi uh, allows people, uh, it's really designed for folks 
on their phones or iPads or Kindle Fires, the small mobile devices, who are wanting to watch shows uh, and movies, but do it in like 10 minute increments. And seems they launch new episodes every day. Uh, I'm incredibly impressed with the production quality. There's uh, some of the stars, Liam Hemsworth, Christoph Waltz, um, Keeper Sutherland, and, and many more, Sophie Turner. So I, I recommend Quibi if you're wanting to look at something new. They're giving you 90 days free, so three months free, to check out this new platform. you have a question, Greg? No, I'm, I'm, my computer's doing goofy things, and I thought we'd stop recording, but I don't think we have. <laughs> okay. Well, I still see the, the windows. Pop, things pop up. and <laughs> Well, Steve, I still see the record button, so I think we're good here. Well, well let's talk about this movie uh, sea Fever, it's an independent film uh, that was shot in uh, Sweden and Ireland. Thomas, you've got all the production notes. Uh, this is a film that you kind of turned me on to, and we watched this. And if you are familiar with Blake Snyder, the screenwriter and screen doctor and, uh, and author, he would classify this as a monster in the house movie because the characters, you've got a very small group of characters, and they're all locked into one particular area and for this they're they're kind of locked into a boat on the water so thomas give me some of your thoughts on sea fever oh uh, yeah well the way that i was pitched this film was actually from douglas davidson over elements of madness so you can find my written review over there sometime and uh, he said it was kind of like jaws meets the thing and i would say certainly that's an incredibly apt description of it uh as throw in some alien in there as well um, and there's this research crew out on this fishing trawler out like off the Irish coast, basically. And then suddenly stranger things keep happening and kind of just the tumbleweed keeps growing. And um, this crew has to figure out, you know, has to make some really tough decisions. What's more important, like our health and safety or potentially the health and safety of others around us, um, others around the world. And I was really impressed with how relevant it is just to the way things are going with COVID-19 today. Uh, we yeah. talked about that as we were watching it. So, Yeah, the, the timing of this film, uh, while not designed for this, really is perfect because you do have some characters kind of questioning themselves and you, you find them scared. There's a lot of fear that they are experiencing because of this unknown pathogen that infects them. And uh, you, you see the characters checking each other for fevers, you know, checking each other for signs. And, uh, you know, you see characters asking the question, hmm, you know, we need to quarantine. I mean, the word quarantine comes up as well. So I think it's a fascinating film. Uh, there are not a lot of big names in this. There may be a few faces that you would recognize, but I, I was really um, compelled by the story, uh, even though it's a story and a concept of a story that we've seen before. Uh, about people kind of trapped in a small place and there's some unknown creature or alien or other life form that can infect them. And sometimes it can infect them without others knowing it right away. We've seen that in Alien. We've seen that in a lot of other things. But somehow it felt fresh to me, Thomas. And uh, I thought the sound design, the production design, it did not feel like this small indie film. It felt like a studio type film. The lead actress was absolutely amazing uh, in this and just blown away by who she was and what she brought to the brought to the table. Oh, yeah. Connie Nielsen is her name. She actually had a small role in Star Wars The Last Jedi as like a resistance pilot. But in this, um, her character was definitely the 
most well-developed character of the entire story and the most likable. And uh, I was very impressed with uh, what she brought to the table. And I look forward to seeing where she goes from here throughout her career with some more starring roles. Yeah, and, and this film uh, is available video on demand. It's available uh, through a lot of platforms. The, it it kind of got its launch at, was it Toronto Film Festival, Thomas, or one of the film festivals where it really um, kind of caught the eye of some? Oh, uh, yeah, it was a TIFF last uh, September, I believe. So, yeah. So it's, it's a film I recommend. And um, what is your rating for this? Any, or any other thoughts you want to make sure you share, Thomas? I'm going to give it a solid B+. Plus. Um, I was just really struck with the way they used the like water environments. Uh, there were some beautiful underwater shots that were just like mesmerizing and comparing that to the like gritty and grimy fishing trawler and that kind of contrast there. Uh, just overall, uh, very thrilled with what we got from this film. Yeah. Go ahead, Greg. Boy or anything like that. I mean, uh, is it for a week of heart and stomach? Uh, you know, there were a couple of scenes that um, that could get to you, but I didn't feel that it was um, the alien popping out of your chest like we saw uh, in, in the original Alien or in some of the other ones. There were a few parts that, that may be a little squeamish, uh, but yeah, but I think it's more in, in many ways, it's more of that kind of psychological horror. Uh, it's like an hour and a half, Thomas, I think yeah. was the runtime on this. It, it felt solid. And uh, I, I was, I'm with you, a solid B plus for this movie. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to be able to watch something like this during this time period. I was talking to some friends recently who have been going back and watching the Contagion type films like Outbreak and Contagion and uh, the, uh, the, the Planet of the Apes kinds of films. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can only watch so many of those during this time. You need the feel good films like we talked about last week. And my mom uh, said she was watching the show and she said, she said, you got to mention like hot lead and cold feet. You got to mention the Don Knotts comedies. And she said, those are the ones that always make her feel good. So I, I will mention the, the Don Knotts. Yeah. Any of those Don Knotts comedies are, are a, heck of a lot of fun. Chicken. The ghost of Mr. Chicken. The pre yes. Yes. Classic. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so B plus, are we good on time or you want us to go ahead and dive into the next one? Uh, we should probably break. All right. We are going to take a quick intermission right here on Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, this is the quarantine edition continues and the physical distancing edition continues. Uh, check it out on C19 TV. Send us an email at info at C19.tv. And we'll be back with, uh, with a review from the, the vault uh, celebrating the life of Roger Ebert. Uh, the documentary is called Life Itself right after this intermission on C19 TV. They're going to put me in the Just want to let you know, I care. 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 We care about you at Cleveland Community College because we're a family. With all the recent changes that have occurred across our nation and the world, We've been forced to make changes to our schedule and to the daily operations of our college. And we want to make sure that you're able to stay on track with your courses. CCC's care team is ready to help you. All the light. 
We're all about training students for exciting careers. Our Barber Academy is a great example. Did you know jobs for barbers, stylists, and other related fields are increasing? Competition for the best jobs will be strong. With your CCC training, you'll have a definite edge. Our courses give you the skills and knowledge you need to sit for North Carolina's Apprentice Barber Exam. To move up the ladder, you need at least one year of on-the-job training before you take the state's registered barber exam. If you pass, it's official. You'll be a registered barber. While private barber schools can cost $10,000 or more, CCC makes it affordable. Plus, you can complete our Barber Academy in only 15 months. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out. Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies, the uh, quarantine edition, take two, part two, uh, or whatever it is you're watching. I, I don't know. If you watch the first one, what? I just realized halfway through the show, Tim's not here. Yeah, I know. I, I kept waiting for him to pop up. Now, you know, it could be that he's not gone back to his house because if you remember last week, he had a lot of toilet paper and paper towels, and I, I guilted him a little bit. And if you look behind me, you Probably will see. Your house. Well, he, he just left my house a little while ago. And so he, he delivered these things to me because I gave him such a hard time. So, uh, Tim, I do appreciate you uh, taking the time. He left them outside with a note, and uh, I'm not going to read his note because he's just not a nice guy sometimes. He goes through it pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. And he knows that we do in our house, too. So he shared, uh, shared those with us. So thank you. Thank you, Tim. Uh, well, uh, before the break, we talked about Sea Fever and talked about some other uh, streaming platforms you may want to check out. But there's a documentary that Thomas and I wanted to go back to because uh, Roger Ebert, uh, there was an anniversary that just happened. Thomas, talk about that anniversary and why we decided to go back and take a look at the uh, documentary Life Itself. Uh, yes, it was uh, April 4th was the seven-year anniversary of his death. Uh, back in April 4th, 2013, he passed away. And you know, a life of movies and a life of love and compassion and all of that was portrayed very well, uh, very like movingly within this documentary directed by Steve James. Um, it was like incredibly informative and uh, I learned a lot about his life that I never would have known otherwise, um, but it also didn't shy away from digging into some of the mistakes he's made, some of the struggles he's had. And, you know, some of his relationship problems, especially with his co-host, uh, Gene Siskel. And with Siskel passing away in, was it 2005, I believe? Uh, uh, in 99, maybe, something like that. Was it really? Wow. Oh, wow. So, um, just talking 
kind of that uh, exploring that relationship there, I was uh, really blown away by that. Yeah, it was a it was really a moving documentary. It was it was so well written. Uh, was the editing was was quite amazing. Uh, all the archive uh, footage and stills. I mean, the just so many photographs that they pulled together to make this documentary happen. And they actually didn't know that this documentary would ever be able to happen because uh, it was uh, you know, interviewing uh, Roger Ebert and his wife and friends during the latter part of his life. And it actually, he did end up dying before they were able to complete what they really wanted, but they still had a, a, a fascinating uh, story. And you really did see this, you know, you're talking about the relationship between um, Cisco and Ebert, and you could definitely tell that there was friction, but there was this love there, brotherly, sibling kind of a rivalry kind of going on. And, and Greg, you grew up uh, watching these two on uh, on TV as well, and you, you have a lot of insight on, on their impact on cinema. Absolutely, and there's some outtakes you can find on YouTube that are terrifying and hilarious at the same time. Just the two guys, and they were from competing newspapers in Chicago. They were thrown together by the local PBS station, a weekend show, and they were extremely competitive, as were their newspapers. And uh, they, they really despised each other, basically. Uh, and it was only over time that they, they developed a friendship. And even, even though it was, even though it was heartfelt, they were still somewhat kept each other the distance yeah. their whole lives together. Uh, but the PBS show became so popular in the 80s, which I watched, that they went and syndicated it. And then that deal fell through. Anyway, it just kept redeveloping under different names over the course of uh, probably 30 years, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, in fact, when Roger, uh, when Gene uh, was diagnosed with cancer and, uh, and knew it was terminal, Roger was almost one of the last to find out. Yeah. But never even got a film. The film is excellent. I saw it a year or two ago, and I read the autobiography, Roger's autobiography life itself, probably a year or two before that. But he, he, it's a fascinating story, and their, their story is fascinating. I would suggest, you know, if profanity does, if, oh no, <laughs> profanity does bother you a little bit, um, that you that you look for the uh, some of the outtakes on uh, on YouTube because it's okay. Yeah, I I, I thought it was a, a touching documentary. I had uh, I had seen it when it was released, and I had uh, you know kind of shelved it with with other documentaries. I remember remember I, I liked it, but I loved it so much more. Uh, this second time around, and uh, I, I, a solid A rating for me uh, on this, even on the second viewing. Uh, I, I think um, I will probably compare this to uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" as far as the way it kind of made me feel. It, it had these moments that were these feel-good moments, especially for anybody who is a film fan and a film lover. And then when you look at the impact that they made on filmmakers. Uh, that's another aspect of it. And so for, for film lovers, I highly recommend uh, watching this documentary. Thomas, what is your rating for this? Oh, uh, yeah, solid A for me. It's just really a remarkable illustration of the power of one individual to change so many lives in throughout his life. Um, you know, you had interviews with, of course, his wife, Chaz. Uh, you had Martin Scorsese, Werner Herzog, Ava DuVernay, and just some of the stories they were able to tell about his influence on their lives in particular, they were very, uh, very profound. Absolutely, absolutely. And Greg, do you remember what your rating would be for this? 
Yes, definitely an A. Awesome. Well, uh, we talked earlier about some streaming services and some streaming options, and uh, we, we always like to dive into some binge-worthy material when we can. And Greg, you have been uh, watching Picard for uh, quite a while. He's going to grab Allergy season. I had to do something off camera. Oh, no worries. No worries. Um, we were talking, you, you talked to me about Picard, and you and I have been Star Trek fans for a long time. You even made a film called Star Trash years ago, uh, and uh, we, we, we will hopefully see that at some point. I know Thomas wants to see it, yeah, but I sure. really, I remember when next generation came out uh, as a series and Picard right away just drew me in uh, Patrick Stewart, an amazing actor, but I really was drawn to the character of Picard. And here we are decades later seeing another chapter in the life on CBS all access. And uh, give me your thoughts, Greg, on uh, the series Picard. I was great to see Patrick Stewart back in uniform, uh, even though he actually wasn't in uniform, was he? But <laughs> um, it, it's a fascinating character, uh, and he's a wonderful actor that Gene Roddenberry did not approve of. He did not want him to get the job. Someone's really persistent in getting a hold of me, um, which is rare. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the story, I think, could have been tightened a little bit, a little muddle along the way, but the payoff was, was worth the wait, I think. Yeah, uh, t 10 episodes for this first nice, season. Nice to see seven or nine back and some of the other characters, Riker in particular. Um, I'm looking forward to season two. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I, I think they did such a nice job um, bringing the characters back, but they brought them back in a way, and not all of them, but there were some, like you said, Riker, seven of nine. And seven of nine was actually uh, a regular on Voyager and not Next Generation. But it was good to see that crossover, good to see those characters come back in a way that felt authentic. It felt like a natural progression for these characters. And that's what I really appreciated about it. And I also like the story. I, I think, as you mentioned, uh, it could have been tightened up. You know, probably eight episodes would have been yeah. sufficient. Yeah. Um, but I still, I still found myself wanting to know what was going to happen next. And I'm looking forward to, to what's going to happen uh, in the... Uh, the next season as well, but highly recommend Picard. It's one one worth watching. And I've, I'd overlooked Data. It, it was great to see Brent Spiner back. My, yeah. Arguably, I think the greatest character on Star Trek across the board of all Star Trek versions. Wow. Data. Okay. So, so beating out Kirk, Pike, or uh, or Spock. Yeah, I, I just think he's the most interesting one. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Awesome. Well, we 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 still got to get Thomas turned on to to Star Trek. He's got to go back and watch some of that stuff. He's, I know, yeah. It's, I've been Star Wars hardcore from the beginning, but I need to, yeah, I need to expand my palate a little bit and get to the Star Trek. But absolutely, well, well Star Wars is fun. It's just kind of cowboys and Indians with lasers. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. More about the human condition. Yeah, and I, I think it's uh, it's well worth checking. I mean, there's been so many series and spinoff series there, and they're all good in their own right for different right. reasons. Right. right. Yeah. Well, Thomas, there's a, a big documentary. Uh, called Tiger King that you can't turn around where people aren't talking about this. So uh, you, you've uh, you've been diving into a few of these episodes. I want to get some of your thoughts on Tiger King. Yeah, it's an eight-episode docu-series on Netflix. I've only seen three of the eight so far, but it is just mass chaos. It is intoxicating. <laughs> it's like it's like a train wreck, and you are disturbed on so many levels, but you are oddly fascinated <laughs> like with everything that is transpiring. Yes, yes exactly like, like this, this show. show. <laughs> and, and there's, you know, the centers around Joe Exotic, the tiger. He kind of owns a tiger zoo, 
And um, then you've got his conflict with Carol Baskin, who's an animal rights activist. Then you've got this wild card guy out there. He's got this uh, like safari out at Myrtle Beach. His name is Bhagavan Antle. And just all of these like crazy personalities and none of these people are likable. You are not pulling for anybody, but you are just kind of sitting back and letting all of this wash over you. And wow. it is it is just one of the most insane like film experiences overall I've ever seen. And the fact that it's true to life is even more mind boggling. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So so bizarre and chaotic and uh, you, you can't figure out why you're watching it, but you just let it wash over you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, and, like this show. Yeah. And like you think, oh, these people own tigers and lions and leopards. That's that's crazy. But like that's only the tip of the iceberg. There is so much more that just each and every episode unfolds something else that you're like, how is this real? There's no way that. Yeah. Wow. Is this a guilty pleasure like Dust, Duck Dynasty or something like that? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Except this is, there's no script here at all. Like with Duck Dynasty, you can tell some of that was scripted. Now, this is just, the documentary crew is just pointing and shooting and getting whatever they can. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So do you have a rating for the first three episodes? A solid A from really? what I've seen so far. Yeah. Just okay. when you look at what the documentary crew has been able to capture. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. Greg, are we good on time or do we need to? We have two minutes. Two minutes. Well, uh, in that case, we, we, uh, we will come back next week and uh, binge worthy. We will be talking about amazing stories uh, next week. We're also going to have a guest next week from Chicago. If all things go well with this zoom session, one of our uh, film critic friends uh, from Chicago and, uh, and maybe we could do a review from the vault and uh, look at midnight run next week thomas i know that uh, you've, you've been on an 80s kick lately i think your last eight films you've watched were all from the 80s is that right that is correct yeah yeah uh so you can find thomas uh, what's the best way people can find you in your work thomas uh the the rundown on movies.com and right. uh yeah rundown on movies.com and then you can also find him on letterboxd that's pretty uh, a lot of stuff there as well greg appreciate you as always for uh, holding this ship together we missed him uh, Tim, I guess he's probably on his way back home, or maybe he's stopping in to see if he can get some more toilet maybe paper. Maybe ran by Clearwater Paper on the way yeah, home. Probably so. Probably so. Maybe well, I will. I will wrap things up with a movie quote of the week, and this does come from Midnight Run. Uh, you know, this uh, and this kind of fits this show. Once we wrap it each week, you know, this calls for a celebration. I think I'll go get some donuts. So uh, until next time, for uh, Thomas Manning, for Greg Tillman, and for uh, Tim Foster, who's not here. I'm the old team man in the second for Meet Me at the Movies right here on C19 TV. And uh, hey, that's a wrap. This is a difficult time for our state, and it goes beyond just the game of basketball and the teams we love. As you know, we are all changing our ways of life to help contain and limit the spread of the new coronavirus. Our state and local officials have come up with a game plan to keep everyone as safe and as healthy as possible. And we all need to listen to them and take this very seriously. Here are some things you can do on your own to stay healthy, protect our neighbors who may be at a higher risk, and limit the spread of COVID-19. Wash your hands frequently with soap and water for at least 20 seconds at a time. Avoid touching your face. I know that can be difficult, but if you practice hard, you can do it. If you're sick, stay home 
And even if you're feeling healthy, limit your contact with other people for the time being. There's a lot of bad information out there, so make sure you're getting your information from a trusted source. Visit ncdhhs.gov slash coronavirus to get the most up-to-date information on this pandemic. We live in a strong and resilient state. We can beat this, but we all need to play together on the same team right now. Thank you. 80% of cases are mild. Young and healthy people are at low risk. The elderly and people with serious health conditions are at risk of fatality. If you have a cough, fever and shortness of breath, contact a doctor and stay a meter away from others.